listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 185. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with master NBA trainer and recording artist Chris Johnson and mental skills coach and recording artist Graham Betchard to talk about mental health and the impact that music has on player performance and motivation. In this episode honoring Mental Health Month, Chris and Graham shares how their background in athletics and music has shaped them to be mentally tough and help them stay motivated with sports and in life. They also talk about their latest Motivation Mindset music album, where Graham and Grant collaborated on a song together. If you want to know more about how music and having a solid mindset can take your game to the next level, then this is a must-listen episode. Are you ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What if you could rapidly accelerate your team's performance and skill acquisition just minutes before practice or game? NeuroTrainer triggers high-performance states with virtual reality brain training that can be deployed in the gym or at home. In just eight minutes, your team will be more focused and ready for whatever you or the game throws at them. Visit NeuroTrainer.com to schedule your demo and get your team locked in. Welcome back to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr. And if you really want to get motivated, you really want to learn what it takes to take your game to the next level, you want to learn how music can help you take your game to the next level, this is it. I've got two of my favorite people on the show today that we're going to talk about music and motivation, um, mental health. I mean, there's so much more we're going to dive in today. But I do have today Chris Johnson, NBA master trainer. And yeah, welcome. Yeah, you bet, man. And I have Graham Betchart, who is, man, my best friend, business partner, mentor, everything. So uh, welcome both of you on the show. Right off for having us, man. Great to see you, Chris and Grant, man. I'm just blown away we're doing this together, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm super, super excited to see what I can learn and uh, what I can give back so for the listeners. Right on. Well, I know they are. And I think it's uh, this is my favorite part of the show when we start talking about mental toughness. I know all three of us, it's what we do is we teach people how to be mentally tough. So, Chris, when you think about being mentally tough or mental toughness, what does that mean? Well, you know, being in being being in sport, you know, the term is always like loosely thrown around. Like, oh, that guy's not mentally tough. And a lot of cliches about mental toughness is that someone has to be out in his parking lot fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Mental toughness does not reflect engagement of physical contact. Mental toughness is really you versus you. Is what can you endure and what how long can you endure it so being mentally tough in a situation requires discipline so it's it's not it's more so how do you respond so being mentally tough is not the cliche of like someone actually not being a tough person because i know tough people that mentally 
are not tough, but they're physically tough. Mentally tough people have tactical strategy that have a mental approach and they have mental awareness. So they're always aware and they're always, you know, they have a mental IQ and then they have a tactical strategy to approach each situation. That's what mental toughness looks like to me. And it's because the cliche has been used almost my entire life growing up as a young athlete and someone that goes through things, if you would do certain things, coach would be like, yo, be mental tough. But he right. never explained what mental toughness would look like. Okay. So I could be born I could be born in 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 the suburbs and raised in a great community and be more mentally tough than someone that's broken that lives in the street and have to fight every day. Mm. Just because you have to live in that environment and you're broken doesn't mean that you're mentally tough. It means that you have to endure certain situations. Yeah. So mental toughness is something that is taught, is learned, and then is practiced. And so that's my version of mental tough. I, I love it. Cause you're right, man. Like, you know, all three of us have played a lot of sports in our life and we've had coaches say, be mentally tough, focus. Okay. On what? Like, and how, what? right. What does that look like? Yeah, exactly. And, and I see it. I've been watching like AAU games and I watch, you know, not just in sports, but you will see it. It's, it's, it's a lot in sports, but you will see it in different situations where people are challenged and it's a cliche. So with us having uh, people like Graham, myself and you able to actually break this down, people actually can develop the skill set of becoming mentally tough. It's a skill set and it has to be practiced daily and it allows you to get to the next play, which, you know, Graham uses all the time, next play speed. And so it, that's a part of mental toughness. Like, how can I get from this situation to the next situation? You know, and that's mental toughness. You know, if I'm engaged um, with, with my wife and in the situation you know, to be mentally tough, I don't always have to be right. I have to endure that. And then I have to strategically have a conversation. So it works in all parts of our life, the mental toughness part. And it's something that we have to teach our kids because, you know, a lot of our kids are not prepared in a way that they understand mental toughness because mental toughness is confused. hundred percent. What do you think, Graham? Like, you know, I'm over here taking, I'm taking mental notes, first of all, Chris is talking. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this podcast, you should be doing the same thing. Um, he, he just broke it down. The thing that comes to me, uh, one of the things that Chris has really helped me out with is this concept of you versus you. This idea that, you know, our challenges in life, it's like, I got to face myself. So when I start thinking of mental toughness, I can kind of look at my own life and think about times where I avoided kind of facing myself, kind of avoid like avoiding doing it. And then the times where I had to like face myself. And I know when I had to face myself, it felt really vulnerable. It, 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 it felt really scary. And so mental toughness to me was like leaning into the vulnerability. It was mm. like, and, and like, say, for example, uh, I'm really comfortable speaking in front of a group, but someone next to me is really uncomfortable speaking in front of a group. So if they're called to the front of the stage to speak, this is a big mental toughness moment for them, right? Where maybe for me, maybe I'm not feeling it so much because I can go do that. 
But then if they said, hey, Graham, I want you to do your favorite dance in front of the group, I'd be like, oh, I don't even know what to do. Like, am I doing the cabbage patch? Like, I would be vulnerable. But that that would require me to lean into some vulnerability. So for me, mental toughness, just when I look at my own life, it's a willingness to be vulnerable, to lean into those situations. And that's where I came up with the expression, victory goes to the vulnerable, because I thought, wait, just going back to what we said, when, when a coach would say, be mentally tough, I was like, what does that mean? You know, like, and then over time, what I learned was, okay, it's a willingness to be vulnerable, you know, and that, that's where I kind of, I kind of like, it helps me. And that's where victory to the vulnerable came from was, Hey, if I can go be vulnerable, like, you know, 19 years ago, I get involved in sports psychology and everyone is like, there's no jobs. There's a stigma against it. And you're weak for saying you need mental health help. And I was like, oh, okay. I actually think it's strong to say you need mental health help, but it's still vulnerable to go do that. So mental toughness was sticking with this field, you know, and knowing, hey, like maybe I don't have a job for a while, but I, but I know I got to stay in this. And my mind every day was scary, it was uncomfortable, but I was able to keep showing up, being vulnerable. So I always try to teach the power of vulnerability. Go the you versus you. I'm like, if it's me versus me, I, well, I don't want to stop myself. So nice. why not lean in and feel some vulnerability? And then I and then what happens is why why I think that's tough. It's like, you know, when you lift weights and you're lifting weights and like your muscles burn and you kind of tell yourself, oh, this right. is good. Like just do like three more and you lock in for that last three. Maybe you have a trainer, a great coach helping you, but you're embracing the uncomfortableness because you know, this is how I get strength muscle wise. So I, I figured out if we embrace vulnerability, that's like lifting weights for your mind. You're going to be stronger after that. Right. We're not saying be vulnerable 24 hours a day. I'm not saying have your muscles burn 24 hours a day, but I can do it for like 15 minutes today and get stronger, do do a set, like mental set and get vulnerable for 15, 20 minutes. And then after you get vulnerable, which is scary, you know how you feel later on? Really good. <laughs> right. So it's just like lifting weights. You're like, it might be hard in the moment. And then three hours later, you're like, Ooh, I'm feeling pretty good. Body feels good. Absolutely. Mind feels right. You know? So it's kind of how I see it a little bit, you know? Well, when you think about all the years that you've, when you played basketball, Graham, all the years you have coached all the performers at all levels and all different kinds of performance in different disciplines. Is there a moment, whether from a mental performance coaching perspective or as an athlete, can you share like that, that monumental mental toughness moment where you had to dig in your heels and it could be just, it could be a life thing or sports related. What was that moment where you had to be mentally tough? There's so many, it's ridiculous. I know. (laughs) Once you start to face this, uh, I I remember, I mean, I was 19 years old. It's 1997. uh, My first year of college basketball, I'm playing at a junior college and uh, down in Santa Cruz called Cabrillo. And I'm, I'm really depressed. I'm really anxious. I'm having a hard time in life. Like I'm really struggling. And I remember thinking I can just try to keep smiling, pretending I'm okay. Or I can really just go ask for help. And so it was right. really scary for me to go ask for help. And all I knew to do was call my mom. I, I don't even know who else to call. I'm going to call my mom. So I called my mom and I was terrified because I was hopeless. And I said, hey, I need help. Um, and then she said some magic words to me. She said, hey, you know, you can rewire your brain. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. But, I, but, but she introduced me to someone. And then I went to go do the work with who she introduced me to. And the work was really hard. 
You know, I had to say affirmations to myself, like I love myself unconditionally. All this stuff that was like, you know, challenging for me. But this was 1997 and, and kind of facing that totally transformed my life. You know, so I think that initial is really scary to ask for help, really scary yeah. to say, I'm not doing well and I'm struggling because mental toughness before that was like, pretend you're okay. Like that's right. being tough. And yeah. I was like, I'm not even that tough. I'm not okay. You know, so that was kind of the start. And honestly, after that, I felt so empowered after doing that. I already kind of got the secret of, oh, this is actually empowering. And so right. that's, my whole, you know what I mean? My whole career became like, I'm going to share this with the world. I didn't even know sports <clears throat> psychology existed right. at that time. You know, I just knew like your mind is something. And if you lean into the fear, you can transform yourself. You yeah. Know? Dude, it's, it's huge. And that's why like right now with mental health and we'll get more, uh, you know, more into the weeds with, with mental health, we're at a point where it's okay. Like we can talk about it. Like coaches right. want you to say like, Hey man, this is what's going on in my heart right now. Like I'm, you know, so it's, we're at a, I want to say a beautiful spot, but we're at a good spot with mental health because we all, we all, all three of us played in sports where, rub some dirt on it and get back on it. Right. Like, I don't want you to tell me how you feel. Just <laughs> g- give me some results. Right. So, so we're at a point, we're at a different point, which is, I think is a healthy spot, but Chris, when you reflect, you know, with all the work you're done with athletes um, and executives and being an athlete, is there that moment where you had to be mentally tough within your career? Absolutely. Um, you <laughs> I was thinking while Graham was talking, I was looking at like what like what moment have I had that I felt like I was on a mental like breaking point. Yeah. And then I really start to reflect that like how God put this in me when I was younger. Mm. And the only reason why I know is because I, I speak with my childhood friends they always come back to me and say, you inspire me. Mm. When I was 13, when I was 13, um, I was in my algebra class and um, I was a freshman on varsity basketball. We were the number one team in the state of basketball and the number one state in the state of Texas. And um, the math teacher told me, she was like, hey, if you don't pay attention, you're going to fail the class. You're not going to be able to play basketball the next six weeks. And, you know, I looked at my friend, he lives next door to me. I looked at all the people in class and, you know, I was like, never. So I mm-hmm. went back to it and I was like, hey, I need to move my desk to the front of the class. Mm-hmm. And so I made a decision, which was a mental tough decision to remove myself from a group of people that didn't have the same goals as me. And when I removed myself, my friends, they did fail and was removed. And I didn't fail. And I made up that, I made up my mind from that day forward, I would be a straight A student. And at 13, I realized that making strong decisions required mental toughness. So instead of me going to the movies, I ran sprints. Instead of me going to hang out, I shot jumpers and I started raising the the frequency. I raised the level of everyone around me. I knew when I was 13 that when basketball was over, 
for me that I would be coaching in some capacity and then I would go into counseling. It's the craziest thing in the world. So <laughs> no, it's, 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 so if I, if I, you were to talk to my friends, they'll say, yo, Chris is the same person he was when he was 13. I was teaching basketball when I was 13 and I was the best players because I raised people level. And then I reflect back to, I didn't have a choice. So I always was mentally tough because I carried the burden for other people. Mm. So when mm. I look at mental toughness, I never looked at endurance, enduring something as challenging to me. I looked at it as this is what's required. So now when I'm looking at, now I look 20 years ago in 2001, <clears throat> when I graduated college and finished playing at AM, getting ready, going overseas, I've ruptured my Achilles. Mm. Wow. Okay. At 21 years old. That, that's freak accident. That doesn't happen. But we wore these shoes. We used to call them strength shoes. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I used to walk around I used to walk around in them for a, a longer period than what you're supposed to. And now that I look back, what it did was it made the tendon really tight. Because I was a I was a really explosive athlete. Okay. I stepped forward. And I ruptured my Achilles. Okay. Wow. And I ruptured my Achilles in 2001. It was three days before 9-11. I haven't stayed at, I haven't stayed at my mother's house and since I graduated high school. That was a place I never would go to graduating college. Now I'm where I wanted to be as a professional basketball player. And I get hurt. And when you're overseas, they got to ship you out of there. Yeah. So now I'm on my way back to my mother's house, them telling me that you're out 18 months and I yeah. turn on the TV September 11th and I see 9-11. And I'm thinking, I can't run, I can't fight, and we're going into a war. Wow. Yeah. That was mentally wow. tough for me. And so from wow. that day, from that moment, I, I thought, do I chase basketball? Or do I do what I've already planned on doing? And I was like, I called my coach and I said, hey, I'm, I want to be a graduate assistant. I'll, I'll come in at the semester and start my master's degree. Well, I got my master's degree in, in guidance and counseling. I already knew 21 years ago that 20 years when I finished with basketball, that I would be a sports psychologist, I would be developing people. But the huh. whole time I was coaching, I've been wow. developing people and helping them become mentally tough. So when you're wow. looking at peak performance, yeah, it's crazy how it works, you know? And so now I'm on the other side and Graham and I are working on, we're working on 10 Minutes to Win. We're working on our eBooks, which you guys should go out and get, which will be out next week. Heck yeah. This, this, is, this is something that, I just didn't make up yesterday. This has been a part of the journey. So yeah. when I look at being mentally tough, my moment of, of being mentally tough was when I ruptured my Achilles and I no longer could play basketball. I had to coach basketball and I transitioned myself. I pivoted and I never even went back to play basketball again. I've been coaching since I was 22 years old. And so you know the knowledge that I have to be able to develop, coach, 
And then I start questioning, I start questioning the lingo because we're all 70s babies. Yeah. So the lingo of a 70 baby in the 90s was, you're not tough. Yeah. Be tough. Yeah. What is tough? What does that look like? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, people would say, oh, this guy's from Chicago. He's from the streets. He's tough. But what makes him tough? That he had to endure something because his parents didn't raise him? Does that make right. you tough or does that make you abused? Mm. See, when you're abused, you develop a shell. Yeah. When you develop a shell, you protect yourself. So it looks like you're tough, but you're really not tough mentally. You're just mm. in protection mode. You're speaking too much <laughs> truth, Chris. My God. That's, that's like too clean. That's like right to it. Oh, <laughs> man. I, but when, when you know you're about on protection, if yeah. you look at protection, protection is not mentally tough. It's protection. Yeah. You're, I look like so much of what you said, I experienced just in my growth in my marriage. So much of me, like maybe I'll protect parts of me that I don't want to get hurt. And I have to learn to like open up into that space or else I can't share all of me. And so you're right, man. I think there's so many youth, so many folks that are in like trauma and they, they kind of like put that shell up to, to get through and they're kind of coping through things. You know what I mean? But it, it's like, you can tell, you know, inside, it's not really tough. They're, there's, right. there's something really, they got to work on inside. They just, they got that shell up. You know, yep, and that does not that does it has nothing to do with race, doesn't nope. have to do with uh sex, it doesn't have to do with religion. What it has to do with is it has to do with someone preparing you and teaching you how to embrace mental awareness. Wow, right? So, ment mental awareness is it goes hand in hand with emotional intelligence, which Graham and I are writing our ebooks over. Uh, emotional intelligence. And that means being able to understand that emotions can change from one second to the next. And if I'm, if I'm emotionally intelligent, now I understand my mental awareness. I become mental tough. I become yeah. mentally tough because now, you know, I don't have to react. I can be proactive. That's right. That, you know what, when you were saying, when you were talking, I was like, and when you're protecting, generally speaking, you're putting yourself in a position to react. You're training yourself to yes. react versus to respond, which we all talk about choosing our response. And But you yep. have to train that. You have to train yes. that, that, that response mechanism, right? Right. So, you know, it's beautiful when you were talking about decisions you were making when you were 14 years old, 13, 14 Maybe this is the quarterback in me, but you're reading the D. You're like, <laughs> right. you're right. Good energy versus bad energy. You got to read the D, man. Like, and you did, and you keep on doing it. Graham's been doing it, um, and now we just have to teach people how to read the D. That's 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 what the mission is now: is to educate, equip, and excel. Mm -hmm. Educate, okay. equip, and excel. So now that's what our job is right now. We're breaking that down. And when you equip someone, you being a quarterback, you cannot go in the game of football without your helmet on. You couldn't go with your shoulder pads. You right. couldn't go without the thigh pads, your butt pads. But why do you need this? Why do you need this equipment to be in a football game? 
right. to protect. Right. It's to protect your brain, to protect your body. And so when you educate someone, you equip them. Mm-hmm. It goes together. And That's now right. they can go out and perform, which is called excelling. I look at it like uh, it's beautiful uh, that awareness activates your abilities. We we have this inside of us. It's it's becoming aware of it. I lucked into it as a 19-year-old because I was going through a rough time. My mom introduced me to a counselor. She started teaching me all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, this helps. And she said some magic words, Chris. She said, you got to practice this every day, Graham. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's a skill. And I, my athlete mind was like, okay, I know how to practice something and be devoted to it. But you got to have access to it. And that's why I think like when me and you start, started writing our book series together, 10 minutes to win to make it so simple. So just to give it to people where it's like, this is less than a 10 minute read. You're going to get introduced on a concept. Like our first concept, what's important now, right? Learning to focus on what you can control. Just a little quick 10 minute read. And all at the end, you're like, okay, I got it. I know what I can control. Most of the stuff is out of my control. Um, I didn't have anyone tell me that till I was in my twenties. You know what I mean? And let alone, then I had to practice. If we can start getting this to 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds, yep. 12-year-olds, now they start practicing. Once they become aware, right, they start practicing, and they get better at these skills. So these books we're writing, this is, I mean, this is really real for all of us because our purpose is to help people. And I think I thought I wrote a short book uh, seven years ago called Play Present, and I was like, I got it under 50 pages. And then Chris calls me like five minutes ago and was like, you got to make it even simpler. And I was like, wow, you're the first person to say that to me. And I respected you so much because simplicity is when you know your stuff. And so, absolutely, you know, getting it simple to a kid yeah. where they can go, okay, it makes sense. Now they still have to practice, but they go, it makes sense. Oh man, that, that'll open up so much hope and confidence in you. And even those kids that have the shells up, you kind of right. introduce it to them. They go, oh, there's a way out. There's, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a way I can work through they, this. They, when, when I look at simplicity, I always look from a teaching standpoint. Like, you could throw a lot of information at someone, right? But what is important? You just said, what is important now? I've read many books. I've studied many authors. And I realized that you can walk away and not take anything from it. If you really simplify it and you take away the fat, the book is not going to be as beefy and as, 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 as many pages that you need, but the information that is important will be instilled in them. So when I look at, when I'm coaching, I don't want to take the long route. If I got to drive to San Francisco, I want to get from, point A to point B. I want to get to my destination. There's several ways to get to your destination, but I don't want a construction. I don't want stoplights. I don't want red lights. Mm-hmm. I want to get on the highway and I want to be able to go to my destination. And I think you don't lose people. We sometimes lose people, especially in 2022 with too much information and you lose them also by not getting straight to the point. Get straight to the point, tell them exactly what they need and let them digest it. Well, I remember thinking back when I was starting, I I started off working with the JV basketball team. This is the early 2000s. And I thought, 
if I can get this stuff across to 14-year-olds in a 60-second timeout in real time, I know I'm close, right? Yeah. Just, if you can break it down, real simple, 30, 40 seconds. And I knew if it, like a timeout, everyone's breathing heavy, every, you know, like you got to get real simple message there. And I practiced doing that for years and years to try to make it simple. Um, and that's where like play present came from or, you know, these different things. I was like, oh, you can make your language easy to understand. And so much of mental training for me is learning like a language and then right. practicing that language. Like, I didn't even know the present moment was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing until I was like 20 years old. And I was like, oh, it's a thing. Like this moment is a thing. And once I knew about it, then I started to slowly get better at being present, you know, at being here. But yeah. I think if we can we can activate people's minds and help them become aware in a simple way. That yeah. ignites hope. That ignites, you know. It's funny when you say like understanding the present moment, like I'm I'm almost 50 years old. It wasn't until I was 40, almost 10 years ago, where I'm like consciousness, like what's that? And now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in the consciousness game. That's what I do. But it took right. me later in my life to, to get what to be conscious and be present. And it's, you know, it's up to us to, to spread the good word, right? The mental gospel. And, and I know that we're talking a lot about variations of mental health. And I want, I want to hit on that since mental health month is right around the corner here. It's, it's next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I know that, you know, you and, and Graham are doing a lot of cool stuff to um, promote a lot of your collaborations, which you guys have already been promoting a little bit. And we'll promote our, our music here in a second. But, yeah. you know, with mental health and, and, I'll, and I'll open this up with you, Chris, like, you know, you see players. And again, these are just top of mind for me, like Calvin Ridley, Ben Simmons. Like there's there's these professional athletes that are going through some stuff. Right. How important is it to actually get mental health even more so into the picture? And since you do pretty much deal with elite athletes, what are you seeing without saying names? But what are some of the things that are coming up that's um, that's making mental health mental health? Well, I mean, we're we're in a social media era, right? So everything is like microwave, you know, Mm -hmm. and we talked about earlier, we talked about how negativity it's just spread over and over because that's what people thrive on. People thrive on seeing other people fail. And so, you know, when, 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 when the internet has made the world so small, you need to have training of what social media actually is. Because my grandfather always told me, like, when you only had television, he used to tell me, say, hey, son, be careful. Because that you're looking at is called tell lie vision. And so he said that that was designed to tell lies to your vision, which is also manipulation. So when you look at the music that we're putting together, why did I come up with motivate? Why did I come up with motivational music? Because music is something that everyone remembers the beat, the rhythm, the, the boom, 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 boom. And you can hear it and it becomes subconsciously a program. Yeah. And so when we're looking at mental health, it's not just mental health with athletes, it's mental health with just regular dads. Yeah. It's mental health with regular moms. It's, it's people that are nurses, doctors that are overwhelmed. You look at the, the COVID nurses that yeah. were overwhelmed. And so now that people have an, have an 
an outlet, you're starting to see more people talk about it. But, you know, back in the day, the reason why people, nobody talked about it because people would be like, yo, just shut up and do your work. <laughs> just shut up and dribble. Like nobody cares about how you feel. Yeah. Nobody, nobody right. cares. And so I think nowadays with athletes, exposure to information can create confusion. Social media, overload of information, identity that is found within the game. So people are finding their identity in the math. Right. So I want to be the number one basketball player in the world. Well, who am I? Yeah. And so right. everyone, everyone just only address me and talk to me for what I do, but not who I am. I am. Yep. So what I would say to the people that are coming up, whether you're in the chess club, debate club, you're acting, you're you're doing something, tennis, uh, you sing, um, you know, whatever you do, find number one who you are. Identify the person and then understand the role. We all wear different hats. I'm a father, husband, I'm a son, right. I'm a brother, yeah, I'm a coach, I'm a life coach, I'm a mental health coach. Yes. So depending on the situation, I have to be able to pick up the right hat and put it on. Exactly. Yeah, so mental health is real, but mental health is something that is now, you know, in the light because of social media. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, you could be going through something and be like, people be like, yo, just like, get over it. Right. And, and that would lead to people suicide, people yeah. cutting themselves, hurting themselves. And then if you did that, you would look at if you were special or you was a special needs person, you know, and everything starts with the brain. If right now my dad, uh, he's going through dementia, okay? And, and the one thing about dementia is like his blood pressure is good, cholesterol is good, heart is good. All his limbs are good, but his brain. Right. Yeah. So the, 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 the power of the brain, the computer, the programs, the brain is everything. So yeah. I would rather for him to have high blood pressure than to have dementia. Right. I'm because he don't, even, he don't even recognize my kids. Hey, mm-hmm. these are your grand, here's, here's your grandchildren. Who are they? Right. Wow. And I'm and I'm looking at my son. I'm like, yeah, he can run, he can jump, but his if you don't have your brain, then you don't have anything. So I wake up every day and I thank God that He allowed me to have a brain because if I'm able to have that, I can do anything. I can overcome any situation. Yeah. But that's why mental health is so important because the brain and the programs that we're running subconsciously and consciously yeah we're running programs and so you have to practice it every day to get rid of the old programs and update you yeah. know everybody know about updating 
We got to delete those. Yeah. You got to update your programs. And that a lot of people, a lot of people don't experience the update because of fear. It's fear of being vulnerable. My own phone, if it tells me to update programs, I already know I might have to learn to use that app again. And so sometimes you get intimidated to update because you know it's almost like going back to being a beginner. And it's like, but mentally, if we keep allowing ourselves to go back and being a beginner, we call it, uh, have, like, you might be a black belt, but have a white belt mentality. Mm, when you're like, look, right. I'm something, but I'm always here. I don't know anything. So I'm going to keep learning. Um, Grant, I mean, Grant, we were making music on GarageBand. That took me years to figure that out. And then Grant was like, go check out Logic. And I was like, oh, my God, my brain's going to have to try something new. But I did it, opened up, super vulnerable, doing it. And then I'm talking with Chris the other day. He goes, okay, Graham, uh, Pro Tools is where it goes Pro next. Tools. And I was like, all right, I know, I know how to be a white belt. I know how to go, all right, I don't know anything. I'll go open my mind and learn. Um, and I think we have to keep doing that process in life. You know, keep, keep doing that process in life and going, it's working out for our brain, you know, like working our brain out and going through learn learning new stuff um yeah. it's uncomfortable but that's you know man but- that, that's what mental health is about so being mental learning about mental health is learning mental strategies yeah it's about being coachable you know being vulnerable and the ability to reprogram your program yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because when you go to AAA and you hear people addressing that they're an alcoholic, what they're doing is victory to the vulnerable. Right. They're trying to create new disciplines and get rid of the old programs that are undisciplined. Yeah. That, that's what mental health is. That's why I explained to my son, I was like, son, listen, you don't want to be on drugs because you lose the most powerful thing that you have and that's your brain mm, yeah you know what as you guys were talking um you know with mental health there there's a there's a, a huge opportunity for discovery for self-discovery and it's scary as shit sometimes depending on what you're tackling and i would just watch i was listening to a um a podcast with oprah and i can't remember the author but he just wrote a book called uh, strength to strength and he was talking about all this research and he goes, and he's a PhD. And he's like, I'm not, I'm done, like, I'm not about this research. I'm about me search. Mm. And when he mm. said that, I was like, wow, like me search. Cause if you're in the game, if you're in, like, if you're in it and you have to, and you're tackling shit and you're dealing with mental health issues, man, it's, there's a gift in it. It's tough. It's hard as shit, but there's a gift in it. And there's, and you're searching you. And, uh, right. you know, and it's you versus I, you. It's you versus you. And let's, let's take a look outside of when we're looking at, let's break down the two. Let's break down mental and then let's break down health. And, yeah. and when you're looking at breaking down the two, when you're looking at mental or mindset, mental mindset, the mentality, the brain is so important but the health of it 
is even more important. So when you put bad foods into your body, you're not going to get what you want out of it because you're not giving it what it needs. So when you think about mental health, we think about mental health. If I ate junk food, if I ate at McDonald's every day, and there's no offense to McDonald's, they're one of the top companies in the world. But if I ate foods that would contribute to me having heart problems, cholesterol, like that's health. We can see that and we can measure it. The mental mindset, you can't measure it. You can't measure it. So you have to, as an individual, begin to learn how to express yourself. That's why it's you versus you, because no one can guess what you're thinking. You have to become a communicator to be able to communicate what you're actually feeling, which allows for people like myself, Graham, UG Money, to be able to guide you and give you strategic points to help you get to the next level. So one more important thing that I want the viewers to understand is, it's not just us talking about things that we're practicing. We need for you to work together with us and you communicate what you're thinking because Mm. I can't check your blood pressure. I can check your blood pressure. I can't check your brain. It's it's so real what you're saying. You know, know we've gotten comfortable. Someone most at almost all athletes. Oh, my calves a little sore. They'll tighten my hip. They know their body really well. We want to get you to the, the mental part of that. Oh, I'm not feeling too focused today. Feel, you know, where you talk it the same way. So then same we can way. help you with that, you know? But you got to do that. That's good, Grant. That's really good because when guys walk through my door in my gym, they'll walk in right away, crisp, hips a little bit tight today. I want to go, but my hips are a little tight. Yeah. I said, I got it. We need to get you activated. We need to get you stretched. And then we stay able to get the work done. But if people took that approach of being able to say, man, I don't feel too good today. Yeah. You can actually go from not feeling good to feeling great within a matter of seconds. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you was able to communicate. So that's something I wanted to talk about is I don't want to overlook that it takes willing participants to actually develop the mental awareness, the mental IQ, the emotional intelligence, mental health overall. These things is what we are designed here to help and assist with, but it takes people that are willing to be vulnerable and for us to be able to give you the tools that's needed. Educate, equip, and excel. Man, you're hitting it on the head. You know how like when when an athlete is going through something with their body, they don't just say, I'm having a physical body issue. <laughs> They'll be like, it's my left foot on this small muscle. Like Steph Curry, a couple weeks ago, Marcus Smart falls on him. He's like, oh, it's a left foot thing. And here's what I'm rehabbing. Here's what I'm doing. I ah, give me about four weeks and boom, boom, boom. Here's how I track progress. We want to get to a world where someone's like, um, I'm struggling with presence right now. Ah, just my mind is thinking about all this stuff in the past and future. You're like, oh, no problem. We know how to handle that. And good. the fact that you can say that, <laughs> you help you get more present, you know? And so it's not just mental. You're like, no, I know what part of mental it is. Right. Just like it's not just body. They come, they say they know it's their hip. They can identify, right? And that gives you as a coach, you know how to work with them. 
if we have someone come to us and say, I'm having a tough time trusting my skills, right? I don't want to trust my skills. Oh, we can help you with trust. Right. Not, don't come in and say, I'm feeling great when really you're like, I don't want to trust my stuff at all. Right. And if you say that that's going on, we can help you with trust. So I got an even better example. Yeah. So not to, not to mention names. Uh, I know someone that's like, they can't identify what's going on with their body, but they experience headaches, sick, diarrhea, mm. and they, they clean their diet. So the diet is really clean. And so their body is doing all these different things, which is becoming really frustrating with them because even when they go to the doctor and they're expressing it, they still can't find anything wrong, number one. Wow. But they're saying it's something wrong with me because this is what I'm going through every day. I wake up, I have diarrhea two or three times. I can't maintain my weight. Uh, you know, I have headaches. I don't feel good. I feel nauseous. You go run all of the tests. You do colonoscopy. You do everything. They come back clean, but your body still feels yucky. That's what you're saying. That's crazy because eventually you're looking for to find out, is there really something going on or is there something that I'm I'm doing? But I don't feel the way I should feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there and there's so many different dynamics when it comes to mental health. It's there's a lot of context to it. Right. Um, which I think it's why it's important that we need to, we need to put it in the forefront because everybody has, has different stuff. Um, but then you, like you said, both of you are saying you gotta be willing to be vulnerable. So we can actually, so we can read the D for you. We can help you. We can be, we can collaborate and work together as a team to, to help you and get you stronger. But considering the music that we all do. Yeah. When, you think about mental health issues, and again, there's an array of them. How important is music, especially the music that we make, where there is a message, there is a particular beat, there is a there's you know there's a lot of goodness that allows healing to happen. But from your guys' perspective, how important is music to help with mental health? I'll, I'll kick us off, Chris. First of all, if you haven't heard "Motivate" yet, Chris's album. That literally motivates me, and you can't motivate me. I, like, you can't, but I listen to it. <laughs> I, love like, it. Man, I love it. Yeah. That, that, it does get me going. And um, m- music to me is so powerful because it connects to your emotions. Like, if, if we're watching uh, with my kids, maybe we're watching something that's a little scary. I'll say, watch what happens when I turn the sound off. And I turn the sound off, and all of a sudden, it's not scary at all. You're just like, because there's, the, the emotion is tied with the sound. So to me, music has always had such a big emotional impact on me. It can make me feel things. It could raise my vibration, right? It can shift my frequency, raise my frequency, all the stuff Chris talks about. So I, I think music is super powerful uh, to connecting with people. And we learn through music. Chris mentioned this. When we're young, we learn through melody. I mean, think of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, or even the ABCs. The ABCs have a melody to it. Yeah. And, and, and you learn with it, right? So. It's just such a powerful thing to connect with music. And when we started making music to connect with people uh, through this way, I think also when you make a song, it's so easy to get that to someone. So they don't have to like answer any questions or say anything. You could, they can just sit there and it's not evasive. They can just take it in. It's like a safe way to kind of introduce a lot of this stuff to people. And G Money, you make such incredible beats. I'm like, if the beats are good enough, 
yeah, people are going to rock with it, you know? Right. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, wow, they're talking good stuff on here. Like, right. Wi-Fi, so like, where are my feet at? You know where my feet at. So I'm gonna piggyback on that because you 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 said everything that I was gonna say. How I view music, like one of the things that I look at is like some of my favorite rap songs. Right, I may have heard it 1992 when the beat come on. I know the lyrics. <laughs> I know the hook, and I haven't heard it in 20 years. So it made it really interesting to me. How am I able to remember the lyrics to every part of this song? And I've heard it, but I haven't heard it in 10 years. It's something to do with subconsciously what we hear. So when people don't think what you hear is valuable, it's very valuable. Yeah. And if you really want to connect with the younger generation, music is a way to connect with them because not everyone is able to listen to a lecture or spoken word. That's right. So when you look at lecture and spoken words, those people are going to be a little bit older. They're going to be seekers of the knowledge. But if I can create a catchy hook or an amazing beat, and I can put the message in there and I can get them to play it over and over again, then the message happens. So like in my first album in Motivate, uh, Frequency Shift, the first song is time. I just want people to understand that you can't get time back. So we talk about maximizing time. You talk about energy. We talk about being motivated. We talk about don't quitting. You know, these are the things with the album about and we're about to drop the blueprint. The reason why I call it the blueprint is because I want to teach you that everything you do in life is you versus you. So I'm going to give you the blueprint to actually beat yourself. That's right. And raise your level. So this album is going to be nuts. Yeah, because I'm teaching you everything that we're doing is I'm teaching you how to overcome yourself. We're not going to point to someone else and say, I'm not successful because of him. I'm not successful because of him. I'm not successful because of her. My grandfather did this to me 10 years ago. No, we're going to be present. Yeah. And we're going to play to win. And we're going to win the game against ourselves. If I beat myself every day and I I don't succumb to myself, there's nothing anyone else in the world can do to affect me in any type of way because then I get to choose my response. Yes. And and so this is powerful that music has been something that connects spiritually, emotionally, physically, because you move, you dance, you know, no matter what it is. So it connects in every level possible and it goes directly to the brain. That's it. So when you're looking at Music, if you have a gift and people that are listening, put it in a form of music. And we're not trying to take the place of artists that maybe a rapper, techno, maybe R&B, country. We're creating our own lane for people that need to be inspired. So instead of you having to read, 
a book or do something while you work out. Put on Graham's album. Put on Motivate while you're working out, while you're driving to get the kids. When you're searching for something that can go boom, 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 boom. You need that. And that is why I'm creating music. It's not because I'm trying to be something that I'm not. I'm trying to be who I am. And I'm creating my own lane to communicate because we want to communicate. Yes. You you are blessing us. Like (laughs) if you haven't heard this album, the what you you just put on motivate. I put it on and I work out. I talk to Chris every day. I'm working out. (laughs) I, I talk to that's how I roll. I put it on in the background and you can work out and I don't have to like completely tune into the music. It's getting to me. It's coming to me. It's getting into my subconscious and the beats are so good. I'm rolling with it. So I'm having a great experience, but I know I'm getting messages that I want stuck in my head. I want my children listening to them. I want it going through my son and daughter's mind. I want them to get hooked on this stuff. This is one of those stuff where like when this stuff, when motivate sticks in your head, that's the goal. (laughs) Right. Right. So like, then when I'm doing my thing and I'm going through my day and I'm like, Oh, I'm going through a tough moment. I remember, Oh wait, it's, it's, it's you versus you. Okay. I got this. Chris has helped me with that. And I remember that message in the moment. And then I know how to do my thing, you know? Yeah. Like on, on you versus you, the very first thing that we do is, um, we, uh, the song is grind and people use grind all the time. Like, yo, what you doing? I'm grinding. I'm grinding. But for me, grind is an acronym. Mm. Get ready. <laughs> get ready. It's a new day. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever call me and I'm like, yo, I'm grinding. I'm, I'm getting ready. It's a new day. And I give the message about what grinding really is to me. It's you versus you. It, this is you versus you. I grind for the truth. It's a new day. Like what happened yesterday is over. I'm present. That's it. And, and my next song is "Get Ready, Let's Go." So I go from <laughs> grinding to let's go. Let's right. keep moving. Then I tell you, there's no limit. Let's go. Right. So, so let's now go. I, w- I want to show you there's no limit. Right. And after no limit, when you realize there's nothing that you can't do. Failure is not an option. It's not. It's not. So when failure is not an option, now I got to be present. So I got to check my Wi-Fi. <laughs> what, uh, talk about that. You, I'm just telling you. And when you go from checking your Wi-Fi and being where your feet are, you got to create separation. Hmm. I, I got to And when you create. Go ahead, Chris. My bad. No, no. And when you create separation, and this would be my last story because I know we're moving. Uh, guys, this is good. So everyone's trying to get better, but people don't realize you just need to get 1% better. And Graham, I mentioned this to you yesterday about the, the faith of a mustard seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You only have to get 1% better. When water is hot, it's at 211 degrees. But when it goes up one more degree at 212, water is considered boiling. Mm. And that's separation. That's right. So it's only one degree between where you want to go and where you are. So it's not a big jump. It's one degree. Wow. 
You go from 211 degrees from just being hot to one more degree to boiling. That's separation. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Man, we got uh, the, the single Wi-Fi, you know, where your feet are, where your feet at. I remember uh, I got a call from, from P-Rock, an incredible musician, incredible trainer, incredible artist, just incredible motivator. I actually do think he's like one of the best motivators I've ever been around. Yes. Without a doubt, like no question. He called me and said, me and Chris, you got to meet Chris. He said, we have this single we want to do. And I remember being so inspired by it. And then, you know, sent some beats over from G Money and the P-Rock found one and, and it just started to come together. And you guys put your verses down on Wi-Fi and this this goes back to the growth. So I'm by myself. My studio is here at my house by myself. For years, Grant would have to come over and say, okay, he set the computer up. He would hit play and I would just go to the mic. I had no idea what was going on. You inspired me so much with that song. I was in my house and I had already practiced using this equipment by myself. And it was like for that moment. And I came right out here to my garage in the studio and I laid that verse down with so much inspiration in me. And I did it all by myself. I knew how to hit record. And that was like, the verse came out really good. But the, the thing for me was I was vulnerable to learn how to use GarageBand by myself. So <laughs> in that moment, I was able to be present and nail that energy. Because the energy that came through me was so immense from you and P-Rock. It was, your frequency is on such a high level that when, when you reached out, I felt that frequency. And I was like, I got to record with this frequency right now. Yeah. And I was able to nail that. And I, I knew when I recorded it, I nailed it. Not because I thought it was great, but I was like, I got that energy out on a mic. And I know that energy will transfer. I don't really know what I just said, but it I was know this energy. It was, it was unbelievable because I can just, I could just hear your verse because me and P-Rock listened to it over and over again. And he was like, if you're competitive, <laughs> like that. And so we we wanted to capture that moment because you're competing all the time. And we talked about collaboration and we talked yeah. about competitive collaborations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in that moment, we was like, oh, we got it. And it was like, be where your feet are. You spoke with so much conviction. I listened to it twice this morning with P-Rock. Yeah. And it just got me going where your feet are. It's just the the beat that, that G Money put together. Um it I can listen to that for hours because it's it it has it has its feel to it. And me and P Rock just kind of took it and groomed it, but you guys gave us something to work with and it was amazing. It it was like when you say we gave you something, you you gave us everything. Like my, yeah. that's and listen, I've been recording for a while. I got a bunch of albums. I think I got like 30, I got 37 songs out there. But that, that's my favorite verse of all time because it was inspired by you, by P-Rock, by Grant. I was like, oh, I'm a part of a team here. And that's that competitive collaboration of like, man, it's so much bigger when we do something together than, than like us against each other or something like that. It was like, oh my God, this taps into a whole nother level. Because honestly, I credit that energy of that verse to all of you. That was just because I was let to be in this group. And because I'm in this group, 
the collective energy came through, and that's where that verse came from. So I, I got, I got to, I got to get it to G Money because G Money, G Money, you haven't heard the the master. Not yet, no. I'm gonna send it to you when we finish and we hang up. It's text good. me, and I'm gonna send it. It's you got to go and turn it up, and yeah. just close your eyes. What I do is I close my eyes, and I med, I meditated to it. I use my MVP. You know, meditation, I mean, visualization and uh, my positive talk, Graham, we're working on that. And Wi-Fi just tells me, be present, be where your feet are, be where your feet are. And when I listen to P-Rock, P-Rock just, whoa, I'm like, <laughs> like it, so I got to send it to you and cool. uh, I'll send it to you ASAP. And, and not to cut you guys off, this has been amazing. I got to go to the next meeting. No worries. <laughs> oh, yeah. No worries, man. I just do want to say this about our music. What we're doing is we're training the unconscious mind. And Graham said this last week in a talk, but we're harmonizing energy. And so when you're going through some stuff, mental health stuff, and you for you to do this work, you need to, you need to get locked in. You need to harmonize your energy. And using our music or music in general is, is a way to do it. It's one of the ways to do it. So I just want to say that, um, where can people buy your music? People can buy Graham's music at grahambetro.com, Graham the Guide. But Chris, Chris, where can they buy your music? So so you can go on. We're on all streaming platforms. We're Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're there. Motivate. You can search me as an artist. You can search P-Rock as an artist. Graham has his first feature on Motivate 2, the blueprint. So it's a part of the blueprint. Tell Let's me go. where my feet at. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. And, and it drops May 1st, the first uh, the first, uh, mental health month. So I can give you the blueprint. And uh, we have our YouTube, which is called Motivate uh, on YouTube, Motivate TV. You go there, the video will be up. So we're putting grind up today so that people can go and see the visuals. So everything that I'm doing now would be taking every song that we have and giving you a visual behind it because I believe that people see it, they can hear it, and then they can move to it and I can connect with the whole body. So go check us out on YouTube, Motivate TV. (laughs) 